Hello, and welcome to the Flip and Shift podcast. My name is Julie Walls. This podcast was based on the Flip and Shift's tagline, flipping your thinking to then shifting your behavior. The Flip and Shift podcast focuses on temperament to then how we evolve in our thinking to which influences our behaviors. We create belief systems throughout life, which affects the outcomes in our lives. Did you know that you can reprogram these belief systems? to produce the outcomes you so desire. No matter what you're dealing with, there will always be a solution for you. So this podcast should give you some hope. Yay! With each episode, we'll be chatting with leading experts in the field that have overcome struggles of their own. They found their way to overcome areas in their lives that needed focus and are now actually helping others to find their way. We all have a story to share. Let's learn from our past to change our future, and most importantly, inspire and help others along the way. If you are wanting to feel empowered, inspired, and are ready to make those changes in your life, you are subscribed to the right podcast. And hey, thank you so much for your support. Now, grab your favorite drink or snack, turn up the volume, kick back, and enjoy this chat. Hey, I'm Julie Wallace from the Flip and Shift Podcast. I'm here to inspire and share the stories of experts who have gone through a journey, found their way, and now inspiring and helping others. Today, we have an amazing guest with us. I'm so excited to share. So his name is Cherry Dufour. You guys, I think I nailed it. I nailed it. He's, he's from Denmark, and he's also known as the Dating Scholar. He helps male leaders in tech and management roles meet date, and connect with their ideal partner. We'll be discussing Cheery's an unbelievable dating history. I'm really impressed and I can't wait to dive into it. I think he's broke a record of going on over 1,100 dates, you guys. Mind-blowing. But he's learned so much through his dating experience. We'll be chatting with him about that as well as how he's helping men learn to successfully date by building their inner confidence. It's so important, you guys. He also works with men who want to improve their current romantic relationship. So without further ado, we have Cheery. How are you, Cheery? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I know. I'm very honored. Thank you so much. You're amazing. And I've been reading all about you and listening to your podcast that you've been on. And I'm like so impressed. Okay. Yes. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? I'm based in Copenhagen, Denmark. For those who uh, are unfamiliar with Denmark, Scandinavia. Oh, cool. Awesome. So, okay. Tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Just a little bit. All right. So, wow. That's a a little bit about my whole upbringing. Yes. Basically, to take it from a perspective of social life, my upbringing was in France and in Denmark as I have divorced parents. Okay. And so I had the luck to experience two different cultures and two different like mindsets, so to speak, on yeah. how to be a teenager. And what this also gave me was on the flip side, at least back then, was some difficulties in rooting socially. Yeah, yeah. And you said rooting? Rooting, yes. Rooting. Okay, expand a little bit about that. Yeah, so that meaning that when you're in a country for three months or six months, and then you go to another country for six months, when you come back, and as a kid, like let's say you're 11, 12 years old, 
six months later, like everything that's cool, quote unquote, has changed. Yeah. It was really fast at that time. So that yeah. gave me some like delay in understanding the culture properly and connecting with some friends, obviously, but not following at a full pace, if you get what I mean. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense. So when you were younger, did you have any challenges or, I mean, I hate to say this, but when we're younger, we're learning how to start to express love, interest, right? Did you have challenges with that socially with females, males, mostly females? Yeah, so the girls that were around me at the time, and this was like the same situation in Denmark and in France, that were part of the recurrent social group, which is your class and your friend circle, like I could not really connect with them. And I don't, I have some ideas why, but I couldn't identify for a long time. And so it took me a while before I started branching out from this local social group and discovered that it was actually easier in another context. Okay. So you were trying to figure out the struggle, right? The connect with the struggle. So did you struggle with approachability or did you have heartbreaks? Did you just not try to attempt at all? <laughs> yeah, so actually uh, my first kiss was at 13. So that in my country is a little bit late. I know it, it sounds, it sounds really? like it sounds. Yeah. But my first girlfriend was also like at 16. And like everything that was in the late, what do you call it, like ground school, primary school, yeah. where we had these guys that were kissing right and left with, ladies from the class or the other class. So uh, like school class, right? I was never a part of any cool group, like hanging out with the popular chicks or whatever you want to call it. I I just never got to have like a recurrent social connection with them. And that frustrated me a hell of a lot until I became 16 years old. Well, things changed a little bit. Sure, sure. So can you remember your first heartbreak? Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I know isn't it? it's hard it's hard to go back there but you're like wow and it's probably a pain that you obviously never felt before right and it does it it creates a deep-seated wound right oh Moving absolutely <laughs> okay I've got a question because I think it's fascinating I want to get right to it you've gone on over 1100 dates yes that's correct mind-blowing okay I first I want to know how did that go how did how did you go on 1100 dates like was it an app? Was it, was it set up? Was it a mix? Was, what was it? How did you do this? <laughs> All right. Great question. So yes. it was a mix of live approaches and a lot of online dating app as well. And so okay. I got things up and running like a systematic way of approaching and a systematic way of connecting with ladies. And I just, it was actually after a heartbreak that I started to make serious changes in my life using the opportunity to just go out there and be like, I don't need to be around my friends to have this social context to make it easier. I'm just going to go out in the world enough of this and see what I can do yeah, and meet people. I, I don't want to be dependent of anyone. I'm like tired yeah. of, of seeking to be vouched, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I did wow. it that way. So what'd you learn? <laughs> what'd you learn from all of this experience? Over the span of seven years, let's say like six or seven years, some peers more than others because I had some girlfriends. I went on some weeks, I'd say an average two to two, three dates and some weeks, five dates, right? Wow. So what did I learn? Well, what do you learn when you are going into a context you've never been before, sitting in front of somebody you've never met before? 
you're learning to navigate. Yeah, you're learning how it feels to be you and talking to somebody. And if somebody likes you, they can only like you for you, not because of the group you're part of. Right? right. If somebody doesn't like you, then they don't like you for you. There can be other reasons as well, but mostly for you. And so this just accelerated everything that was kind of delayed from my childhood where I had difficulties connected with my peers to really like be present and understand what is sociability. Like what does it mean to be social with another person? So the romantic side was a bonus, but it really, in the beginning, gave me a lot of power, just understanding and practicing being social with somebody else when you're sitting one-on-one. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, because the approachability aspect changes kind of with each person, don't you feel? Absolutely. Like, especially when we're younger, what we typically do is we hang out with our friends. When we go to bars, we go to bars with our friends. When we go to parties, they're our friends. So right. how often is it that we just throw ourselves out there and see, let me see what I can do. And I have no backup. I have nobody to go back to or nobody to vouch me or stand next to me. If things go wrong, I'm alone. So this like feeling of insecurity is definitely something that's amazingly healthy for you to break through. How often do you go to a bar alone? How often do you go to a festival alone or just a night out in the city, right? Never. The movies even. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm usually with my husband. But before that, I was always with somebody. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what we are. So can I ask you, you particularly focus on men in tech and management roles. Why? And what are they struggling with? So which questions first? Why? First the why. And then what areas are they struggling with? Perfect. So that's a great question. So the tech is because I'm a nerd, right? (laughs) I love computers. I love to like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. When I was younger, I I still do to some extent, not as much, but like all that really resonates with me. And so like when I say nerd, I mean thinking in in logical terms, meaning that there's, there's an attachment from being empathetic on an emotional level and understanding, reading what the other person feels. When you work a lot with computers and, and all those kind of stuff that nerds typically do, you're thinking more in variables and objects and how things relate to one another, but you're not practicing being present and being flexible and, you know, just connecting a more immeasurable, intangible level that is like the emotional connection between two people. So that's why I can relate making that transition from thinking like that to be more social intuitive. Oh, and awesome. what's more is that like this way of thinking, if you know how to translate and use it as a power to kind of systemize social life a little bit, but not too much, then it can actually help you. And I know how to do that for these people because I did it for myself. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I, I love your <laughs> explanation. I really do. I think Thank that's you. powerful because I do see that with people in tech positions. They're kind of detached. Yeah. And you can totally set uh, social interactions up in a system and how to ask questions, how to answer questions, body language and all that. So it can't replace it hundred percent. Like all the glue in between these objects, these like pillars in this system and this plan of approaching step-by-step method is glued by your intuition. Like else you just become robotic, right? So we can't do like that hundred percent, but we can set it up in a way. So it's a framework that they can lean on to be more comfortable when they are practicing this. And also the system guides beyond average. So if you follow the systems to its full, and glue things together up there, you're going to become more social skilled than the average guy. Wow. Yes. That's awesome and very interesting and highly needed. 
<laughs> like, I yeah, like, you know, I mean, niching down like that. Yeah, awesome. like, how do you tell a good story? How do you make somebody feel interesting? How do you ask questions? Kind of you have how to do you create them. rapport? Stuff like that. And you've got to teach them that. It's something that they have to learn. Well, if they want to, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Okay, what factors play a role in a better dating experience? What factor plays a role in better dating experience? Well, so, like, this is a broad question. And so, when you're a guy... Taking the lead is an important thing. And so taking the lead means going first. It means kind of showing your card, taking the risk of showing your card by taking the initiative of some things. And so that's not only the initiative of going for the kiss. That's included, right? But the lead means that like, they translate into several steps in the whole dating process, right? Asking out, carrying the conversation, making the plans for where to meet, guiding making things happen, opening a woman up to feel more secure and talk more about herself. All these things is encapsulated under taking the lead when you interact with a lady. So that would be one of the first thing I would point out. Is that then related to what you talk about? And I know people can check you out on your Facebook page because you're talking a bit about boosting their dating confidence, right? Exactly. So, okay, when you're working with somebody how can you assess their dating confidence, specifically the areas that you mentioned? Is that they're lacking in each of those or like some they're better at, some they're not, or is it an overall assessment? It's a very good question, actually. I would say it's an overall assessment, but when I dive into specific, so let's say there's a person who's interested in working with me, right? I'm not just going to take anybody on board. We'll have to see if it's a fit because we're going to be working closely together. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking some questions to kind of see that. And the questions that I ask is things like, so what does a typical date look like? Like, where do you meet women? And how do you engage in a good conversation? And what is your way of determining if a woman likes you? And what do you do in that scenario if she suddenly doesn't respond to you? And kind of like sensing from their responses, if there's some insecurities sticking out or some lack of like, hey, I don't know what to do, like some gaps in their knowledge and feeling certain about themselves in difficult situations. So this is kind of how I assess things. And so then I obviously ask them as well, also, what do you think you need help of? And so combination of these two things is how I do my assessment on where guys need help in the whole process. Wow. That's awesome. Now I have a question. Do you see men that are extremely confident in their professional lives, like especially in tech and management roles, obviously they've climbed the corporate ladder. And then all of a sudden, like you mentioned, now I'm starting to see their personal life. There's a complete disconnect, right? So, but once they connect, don't you think there's a a link though of confidence in your professional life and in your personal, they just have to find that emotional link, right? Yeah, so sure. Like they're not exclusive from each other, right? You can have confidence in your professional life. And because of that, you have confidence in your social life as well. But they can be, meaning that a certain set of skills and mindset and the way you present yourself in the professional life is a lot about, from a spiritual perspective, what we call the masculine energy. So Mm -hmm. things are logically, you have to logically present it. You know, in capitalism in the market, it's these masculine traits that make money right? You solve problems, you put them in boxes, and you work through things step by step. However, when you're connecting with another uh, human being on a romantic emotional level, this is not like a structure framework that works as efficiently. 
So this is why we can see, like I talk to these CEOs who make lots of money and these programmers that make lots of money, or maybe they're like in charge of three, four, five, or 10 people underneath them. And so they're all confident. They have this strong frame when they talk with me because, you know, I'm a guy. So I'm used to dealing with guys because masculine means masculine, right? And so when we get to connect on a level where everybody takes their guard down a little bit, what they reveal is that when they actually talk to an extremely beautiful woman, they become really mushy because they're attracted to her. They're afraid yeah. of like, that she doesn't like them or they don't know what to respond. Like I've seen it live myself as well. It's just so funny to see a guy who's like a doctor or whatever, and he, he has great grades and he's doing it well on these like measurement of life. But then he talks to a woman that he kind of likes, that he's been liking for a while and she comes over and then he just, his confidence kind of like fades. He says things he wouldn't normally say or he's shy, he's timid. He's like a, in his shell. It's yeah. very fascinating to see. Or he becomes like the pleaser. Oh, can I get you this? Can I get you this? How about this? How about this? Very interesting to see that they can be hard negotiators and be like that as well. Yeah, I love how you explain in your analogies. That's awesome. Those are great examples. Thank um, you. I have a question too. You you mentioned that you um, that you help men in tech positions as well as those in management positions better improve upon their current romantic relationship. So, what do you do to help them? Yeah. So, typically in these scenarios, they come with a situation where they have a certain disconnect with their partner. So either they have some friction or they are worried about losing her, or maybe they lost her a little bit already and they're kind of like seeing each other once in a while. Okay. And so in these scenarios, what we help them with is like how to date her again, right? How to get back to the man that she originally fell in love with. And I use a lot of these spiritual perspective. So of course you grow together as people. So it's not about being the same person that you originally met, but the same vibe, the same energy. And so this spiritual perspective that I use a lot because it helps men understand is that there are certain thoughts, actions, behavior that belong to the yang, the masculine energy. And there are certain thoughts and behaviors that belong more to like the yin, the feminine energy. And so we both have these no matter the gender, but it depends on the context. So men are more dominated by this masculine energy force. And so what typically is wrong in these relationships is that there's no polarity in between both of them. So he's maybe more into his feminine when he's with her and she's maybe more into his masculine. So that's why we need to work on how to work on the behavior and the dynamic between the two of them. So we have this polarity and that creates a sexual tension. And so in practice, that looks like how they communicate, especially how they resolve conflicts and how often they date her and what they do. And so we get back and usually when they start having lots of sex again, things are good. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You're awesome, dude. I'm really impressed by you. I really am. That's amazing. I way that you explain the polarity piece and the feminine, the masculine. I think that's perfectly put. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. So, okay. I have a question. If a person, everything that you've talked about, what's the process of beginning to work with you? Yeah. So the process of beginning to work with me is first off that I always offer a free coaching call in the beginning. And the reason this is a free coaching call is because it has a part where I understand who you are and understand if you are fit to work with me, like if we're vibing well in our personality and like kind of like your life. Yeah. Right. And so like the other part is also that the person gets some tips and some recommendation on his situation. Right. But we obviously can't solve everything and go into the weeds. So he gets some recommendations on how to meet women more or 
how to make a date better or how to make things progress beyond the first date or how to make to date his wife to improve the relationship. Like we kind of circle around the areas that he needs help with and that I recommend to improve on this and that, but we don't go deep into the weeds. So we have a free call in the beginning. And then if we vibe together and he likes, and he likes the recommendations that I'm offering, then I explain to him how it would look like to work with me for an extended period of time. And then we jump into setting that up and getting started. Does that answer your question? That totally answers my question. Now, if somebody would want to work with you, would they connect with you through your Facebook page? Yeah, there's like a cover photo where you can, you can see like what to comment on it for me to take contact with you. You can also write me directly through DM or on LinkedIn. This is usually how people, they find me because they see these interviews that I have with my clients that I put up sometime after they have had success. And so they find me that way. Awesome. Good job. That's awesome. Okay. So with all that you've done with this work, helping men connect to their inner confidence, working with them as far as getting into the dating experience, also helping them repair their romantic relationship. Out of all of that, what inspires you to keep doing this work? Yeah, that's a good question. I have a lot of fun, first of all. I can tell. I, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Like, so what I teach also is the high performance part, because I think that goes together with boosting your masculine energy and being more attractive in your presence with other people socially, not only with women, like the high performance part without going into too much detail is about taking more control of your life, having a higher energy level, pursuing what you want, fixing your habits, clean home, like all all those kinds of stuff. Right. And so when you see somebody coming from a place where it's kind of sad and slowly getting more and more happy and like, oh yeah, I didn't know I could do this. And oh, I had a very good experience. Like these moments, this is interesting to teach them first of all, but these moments where they come back and you can clearly see that they change something. They feel helped. They feel more energized. It's just rewarding as hell. Like it's really a lot of pleasure. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Okay, so I'm not going to keep keeping you because I know you're a busy guy. Your last question, what would it, what would you tell a person who is struggling, they're in their management position, you know, slaving it away and feeling this missing link, you know, or tech position, they're struggling to connect, getting themselves out there and constantly getting rejected or always chasing. I remember you said you became the chased versus the chaser. I love that. Cherry, that was an awesome quote. What words of encouragement would you give them? Yes, obviously, it depends on if he's social or not, gets rejected or not. But what I would say is that see social skills as any other skill. Yes. And what does any other skill require for you to master it or improve? It requires repetition and practice, but also a certain sense of humility, of having the courage to step back and say, hey, Maybe I don't know it all. And no, it's not embarrassing at all. Like as a 40-year-old dude saying, maybe I'm not that good at carrying conversation, even though I'd existed in this plan for 40 years. That's okay. You don't need to judge yourself. Just take a step back, go into humility, be flexible in your mind about yourself and don't discard, I don't know anything, but be like, okay, maybe some things that I'm doing that have been forced through my habits a lot, I need to tweak that. So take a step back. And look at it as something that you need to learn as a skill, study, repeat, try it out, go back, tweak, and find a mentor if you want to invest in an accelerated progression. Obviously, I have to say this. Jerry DeFore, I'm just going to plug him. 
You guys need to link with him. You need to connect with him. That is awesome. That's really helpful. I think, honestly, you're going to snag somebody today that's really struggling out there, for sure. All right. You help folks from all over the world. Yes, that I do. Yes. Okay. Yay. Awesome. I'm so impressed by you, and I'm so honored and thrilled that you were willing to come onto my platform. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm honored, too. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And you shared such great information today. And I just want to plug you because I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you. So you're on Facebook. So folks, it's Cherry DeFore, which would be T-H-I-E-R-R-Y DeFore, D-U-F-O-U-R and the number two. And then also, like he mentioned that he's on LinkedIn. So look him up on LinkedIn, Cherry DeFore hyphen, the dating scholar. So link up with him on LinkedIn. I mean, if he's posting a ton of videos and client testimonies, check him out and get excited about working with him and helping, helping yourself. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know it's getting dark your way. You're what? It's yes. like nine o'clock your night. <laughs> yeah. 10, 10, 10. You got any big plans for this evening other than going to bed? <laughs> I, I got you as my plans. Oh, yay. I'm honored. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Flip and Shift podcast. You can catch Cherry DeFore on Facebook and LinkedIn and stay tuned for the next podcast episode. Thanks. Wow. What a great episode and a special thank you to our expert today. I hope today's episode inspired you, empowered you, and gave you some hope today. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. Cheers, my friend. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, or even share this podcast to someone who needs hope and inspiration. You can connect with me at www.flipinshift.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and even Clubhouse at Flip In Shift. Please join me next time for another expert chat or survivor talk.